0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another round of the preseason 2020 Dirty 35 Prospect Countdown, uh, the podcast version. I'm your host. I'm Kyle Reese for Birds on the Black. I hope that you've been enjoying both the write-ups and the podcast. Uh, We've already recorded two podcasts. You can go back and listen to those. Prospects 35 through 31, and then a uh, podcast for Prospects 30 through 26. Today, we're going to obviously do 25 through 21 kind of an interesting group here. Three of these players were drafted in 2019. I might be a little aggressive with a couple of them. Uh, At least two of them I'm going out on a limb with, putting them where I put them. And, uh, you know, normally by the time, and this is where, like, as a Cardinal fan you can get kind of excited, is you can almost bet that once you start getting close to the the top 20 of Cardinals prospects, that eventually you'll see those guys make a Major League debut at some point, Uh, having various levels of success at the Major Leagues, of course. Uh, But I guess what I'm getting at is this is the group where we really start paying a little bit more attention based on potential, and uh, uh, that's exciting for me. So we'll get right into it. Uh, I'll list them off, and then we'll talk about each one, but prospect number 25 on the list is... Catcher Pedro Pajes. Prospect number 24 on the list is second baseman slash utility infielder hopefully Brendan Donovan. Prospect number 23 on the list is right-handed pitcher Andre Payante. Uh, prospect number 22 on the list is right-handed pitcher Logan Gregg. And prospect number one on 21 on the list is Julio Rodriguez. He's a catcher. Uh, starting with prospect number 25 on our list, Pedro Pajes. Pajas was a sixth-round draft pick. Uh, he's a catcher. He was 21. I think he'll be 22 towards the end of the 2020 season. Pajes is really intriguing as a prospect. Uh, First off, you learn about these guys. He's intriguing as a prospect because of the hitter he's turned himself into. He's kind of a big guy, uh, probably 6 foot would be my guess, 5'11", 6 foot, but every bit of 230, 240 pounds, probably 230, I would say. He's stout. As we said in the article, he kind of looks like an Italian enforcer in a mob movie, although his uh, nation of descent is not Italy, but he kind of has that baby face, like he'd be called slugger, something like that. His bat is what makes him intriguing. It's short, it's compact, it's always on time it seems like, uh, it covers a good amount of the strike zone, it's fast, it's compact, and where where Pius makes his money is not striking out a lot, walking plenty, and putting the ball into the gaps. Uh, he I think he had 17 doubles on the year and two home runs. He hasn't exactly showed the ability to hit for home runs. Even in college, he didn't have that. But you can see it in his swing and his body type that with a little adjusting of his approach, I think that you could see the power numbers spike a little bit. His approach is also really interesting because early on in Counts, he'll hunt for his pitch, and all of his power is going to come to the pull side. He pulls the ball about 52% of the time, uh, at least in his small sample with the Cardinals within the Cardinals organization. But he's also capable of going the other way late in Counts. He gets two strikes on, and he's going to put the ball, if he gets a fastball that he can do something with, he's going to put the ball into the right center field gap. That's an awesome sign. Uh, Again, what we're going to continue to look for with him, because I when you watch him, you don't really see a lot where you're like, oh, man, this really needs to improve or this, you know, this is super deficient. When you saw him going against state college players, which is kind of like where he was at in, in college, uh, you see a guy who is pretty well refined, pretty intriguing, pretty interesting. So we just need to see that he continues to incorporate maybe an all-fields approach, but that he gets a little bit more aggressive with a heavier swing with pitches that he can do a little bit of extra damage with. uh, uh Otherwise, this is kind of an advanced bat uh, for a catcher. He has an advanced feel at the plate. That's really exciting. Now, as a catcher, uh, it's obvious that he has a potentially plus arm. Uh, he only caught about half of the games for State College, DHing the other ones. Uh, that has to do with the fact that D- State College had a lot of uh, a lot of catchers. They needed to make sure that they were getting everyone reps. His bat was good enough. To BDH, you know, they, they needed to get people reps. So it's not like he was catching half the time because he was deficient at, at catcher defensively. Uh, his arm is definitely strong enough. Where I worry is now he can motor around the bases for a big guy. He actually has impressive speed for his size, but he seems a little slow behind the plate for me. His footwork seems a little sloppy, but that arm is so strong that if he can corral all that, he'll be in good shape. I don't know if I saw enough of him to make a judgment about his ability to block balls in the dirt. I don't know if I saw enough from him uh, to know how he calls a game, even going back and watching some time in college. We're going to have to keep our eyes peeled to that. But what I know is as a six-round draft pick, uh, you can't do really much better uh, for an organizational debut than what the Cardinals did uh, by drafting Pedro Pajas. So uh, I guess I'll keep it short, keep it pretty simple. Prospect number 25 on our list is Ketro 21-year-old Pedro Pajes. Uh, I would assume that Pajes finds his way to Peoria to start the 2020 season, uh, maybe even Palm Beach. He seems like the kind of bat that if the Cardinals wanted to get aggressive with, they could put him at Palm Beach and probably be okay, but I would expect to see Pajes at Peoria. Prospect number 24 on the list is second baseman slash utility infielder one of my favorite prospects on the Dirty 35, uh, 23-year-old Brendan Donovan. Now, Brendan Donovan was drafted in 2018, had a few at-bats for State College, and then got hurt. Uh, Had to be shut down early. Got himself back up to a a healthy standard. Struggled a little bit at the onset of Peoria season. Had a three-week span where he hit like 190. Didn't get on base either. And You worry about guys who go through a little slump like that because in the minors it isn't, I mean, in the majors it isn't, but in the minors it isn't easy to get yourself back together after something like that. He did, and he did in a big way. From uh, the end of May through the end of the season, his WRC Plus uh, was like 133 or 135. It was 130 plus. He was a run producer for Peoria. Where our boy, Brendan Donovan, has work to do is he has to continue to refine his swing. Now it's not even necessarily his swing; it's his approach, and I give him credit for how he adjusted his approach at Peoria, but he needs to bring it full circle. He's a left-handed swinger, and when he was doing a lot of damage in the Midwest League, they it was all it was a lot to the pull side, so they adjusted to him and started shifting on him. And because of that, uh, instead of being an aggressive hitter that could probably do some over-the-fence damage uh, on you know hanging breaking pitches and pitches low in the zone. Uh, he went a little bit less aggressive, worked on putting the ball into the left field side, uh, when he's being shifted on, and also taking more walks, taking a better approach, uh, doing whatever he could to get on base. That's how he tried to beat the shift. So he had a little, like, uh, instability in his stat line from month to month. He wasn't as consistent as maybe you would hope, but the shift and his approach to the shift kind of cooks the numbers a little bit like you'll see that towards the end of the year in the last 39 games he didn't hit a home run that's a concern uh you know normally guys in the minor leagues that go that many games without hitting a home run uh you know that usually means that their power doesn't have staying power but when I watch his swing and it is definitely meant for more line drives it's definitely meant for gap to gap doubles uh uh, it's definitely meant to kind of like slap the ball all over the place and I mean I don't mean slap I mean just kind of like hit the ball all over the place uh he has more power than that and it'd be nice to see it manifest at the very least it'd be nice to see him carry that like eight to nine eight to twelve home run uh, power and feel confident like it's something that's going to follow him as he climbs the minor league ladder uh, His swing is beautiful there's not a whole lot to it and honestly like its swing path kind of reminds me of John jays just from like a swing path a uh, 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 perspective. One thing I want to see him work on is he does the thing that Harrison Bader does where he dips as he swings. And that's a concern for me because usually that means you're changing your eye level and it's hard enough to hit major league pitching as it is without changing your eye level. So I want to see him make sure that he's keeping his lower half, which he has a good a good lower half that he uses uh, uses in his swing. I just want to make sure that he keeps that calm and keeps that buried as best as possible. Mm. So I got to get a quick drink of coffee. I guess the next question about Donovan becomes how does he defensively, and he's played, you know, when he was in college uh, for South Alabama, I believe, Southern Alabama, uh, he played third for them, and he was an okay third baseman. It looked like he'd be able to play there, but when he uh, when he found his way into the Cardinals organization pretty much all of 2019, he was a second baseman, except for the one game that he got to play at AAA at the end of the year uh, where he played third, which I love when stuff like that happens. It's just one of the fun of the minor leagues. But from what I understand defensively of him at second, He's fine there now. I was told that he had like below average to average speed, and just watching him motor around the bases, motor around the bases. I think his speed is a little bit higher than that, a little bit better than that. Uh, average at least, I would say, maybe even peaking above when he's really motoring. And I feel like I'm seeing that in the field too. Now it's tough to watch all the second time that he. It's tough with all of the time that he spent at second base to kind of judge exactly how strong his arm is. Uh, But when he was making deep throws in the hole, it seemed like it would play. Like, it seemed like if he had to transition to third, like, it'd be an average arm that would do just fine. Uh, uh, And other than that, like, that's Brendan Donovan. Like he has a great approach. His batting average on the season was 260, but his on-base percentage was above 360. That's all positive need to continue to refine the power, uh, need to continue to adjust the shift, maybe hit a little bit more confidently instead of defensively when he's being shifted on, and just continue to refine. I would suspect that Donovan, uh, I would love for the Cardinals to jump Palm Beach with Donovan I don't think there's any reason to send him to Palm Beach but I think he'll go to Palm Beach uh, we've seen them do it with Luke and Baker we've seen him do it with Andy Young uh, so I would expect him to go to Palm Beach you can get a little bit more instruction there that might be the best thing for him in the long run anyways but I think that he's ready for Springfield and at the very least it'd be fun to watch and see what he's capable of there uh, but uh, that's 23 year old prospect number 24 on the dirty 35 Brendan Donovan now uh, uh the next two prospects are both right-handed pitchers picked in the 2019 draft by the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, the first one is a fourth rounder that we'll talk about. Prospect number 23 uh, uh, was a fourth rounder, Andre Payante, pa- 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 spelled P-A-L-L-A-N-T-E, which I always thought was Palante, but I heard uh, Randy Flores pronounce it Payante. So we're going to go Payante. And then prospect number 22 on the list is right-handed pitcher Logan Gregg out of Oklahoma state. Now, I put Greg, in a front pick ahead of Payante, a fourth round pick. And the only reason I did it is I was so impressed with Logan Gregg. Uh, before we get to Greg, we'll take another step back and talk about Payante a little bit more. Payante is a decorated athlete. Uh, he played for Team USA's national team and decorated baseball player. He was a starting pitcher and a key pitcher for uh, Team USA's national team. He was a finalist for the pitcher of the Year in college as a sophomore. I uh, didn't have as much a good of a junior year as he had of a sophomore year, but a national pitcher of the year. Uh, he's a smart kid. Uh, I believe he spent some time at the Cape Cod League, but now I'm blinking for whatever reason. Peyante is a command control pitcher first and foremost. Uh, fastball in the low 90s. I've been told that he can get it up to the mid 90s, but I haven't seen anything personally faster than 93. We'll see how that you know. We'll see how that continues to gain throughout the season. Remember, that was a long uh, uh, NCAA season, a long college season for him as a junior. So, you know, it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me at all if his velocity was down. Just gonna have to wait and see. Uh, because of that, because of fatigue. He'll have the innings built up, so we're looking at a pretty long, uh, a pretty full 2020 season for him. He's a slider curve change pitcher. Uh, The change still needs work. The curve isn't as consistent as the slider. The fastball command, which is like a sinker, uh, uh, is really damn good, especially when he's using it on the outside and inside to right, outside on lefties, inside to righties. Uh, It flattens out a little bit when he tries to bring it into lefties. That's a concern, but the consistency of his slider is what makes him so appealing, uh, both as a starter or as a reliever long-term. Uh, his curve is a really interesting pitch, too. And I feel like, you know, his curve needs work. His changeup needs work. But I, I really do believe that his success... Is dependent on his entire repertoire. Like he is the kind of guy who, if he was using each one of his pitches 25% of the time, I think that's when he's going to be most effective. You know, in my mind, that's how I always view Miles Michaelis. Like he's not on the same level as Michaelis is currently. You know, he's not the same height. He's only like six foot. Uh, he doesn't. He's not as physically imposing as as a bigger pitcher. But. His entire repertoire, which is a kind of average, can flash above, needs to be working on any given day. And when it is working on any given day, with his command being the way that his command is, uh, he's something special and fun to watch. You know, maybe maybe Payante is kind of like your Mike Leek pitcher. I think he has more Ks in the tank than Mike Leak, but just to kind of give you an idea. Now, I also don't think he's going to get ground balls to the same level of Mike Leak. I don't think that that's his game either. Uh, But he's a really interesting pitcher who pitched really, really amazing for State College down the line uh, uh, out of the bullpen. And we're just going to have to wait and see what 2020 looks like for him. I'd imagine he's going to start. I'd imagine that it's going to be at Peoria. And uh, hopefully he continues to refine. He has kind of a laborious delivery. He's slow. He's methodical. He's a slow worker, which isn't fair. Again, he's methodical. He has his own pace, but it isn't a fast pace. It isn't a slow pace either, but it's his own pace for sure. Uh, he's really, really quiet until he like separates the ball from the glove, and then he has kind of like a long delivery from that point. Um, he also has this weird little hitch when he pitches out of the stretch. He's quick. But the hitch slows him down, but it also helps create good deception. So he also has a little bit of a deceptive delivery, both out of the windup and the stretch, and those are all positives. Payante, uh, your fourth-round pick in 2019, prospect number 23 on the list, is a pitcher to keep an eye on, uh, a very smart fourth-round pick with the pedigree that you would, you would want. Some people view him as a bullpen option long-term, assuming that all of his pitches will velocity up and play up. Uh, uh, You know, pitching in shorter stints, which, I mean, that happens with every pitcher, so it's fair to assume that. And uh, that's prospect number 23, right-handed pitcher Andre Payante. Prospect number 22, right-handed pitcher Logan Gregg, the eighth rounder out of Oklahoma State, is really interesting because uh, he's 6'5", he has a good size, he's lean. I'd like to see him put a little bit more muscle on. But he had Tommy John surgery in 2017, and, you know, missed... I want to say he missed... All of 2018, or most of 2018, it was it was nearly all of 2018. He got off to a start in 20. It, let's just say he missed all of 2018. Was put in the Now he was a JUCO kid who transferred to Oklahoma State. Was put in the Oklahoma State bullpen uh, in 2019 and wasn't really impressive. He got his velocity up to above 95. Uh, had a really a really devastating slider, and he struggled with command. And what I feel like I what I feel comfortable saying. After watching him start in the Cardinals organization and watching a few of his relief outings at Oklahoma State is he was throwing wild. He was throwing, uh, trying to amp up the velocity, trying to blow things away, uh, uh, not really fitting into the reliever role. Because the starter that I saw uh, at both uh, State College and Peoria he made it to Peoria. Pitched like 35 innings at Peoria it was really really good for them. It was a pitcher who pitched free and easy, kind of from a lower than three quarters arm slot. Kind of whips the ball a little bit, uh, but with like living 93 to 95, sometimes dipping below a mile an hour fastball. Uh, a really really hard cutting slider. Um, looks it's it's tough, and then a uh, a changeup that works pretty damn well with his sinker, his sinker fastball. So. What I'm getting at is I did not really buy into Logan Gregg when the Cardinals drafted him. I thought, uh, ah, eighth round pick, 5.02 ERA at Oklahoma State, pitching out of the bullpen. What the hell is this? Oh wait, now you're telling me this kid's going to start? And then when I went back to do the rankings for the position players, I watched all of Gregg's starts, every inning I could get my hand on, and I was so impressed with what I saw, and that propelled him to number 22 on the list. And I am, I am. Obviously, the high man on Greg. I'm the high man on uh, Donovan too. Uh, I doubt you'll find anybody who puts Donovan on the top thirty. I doubt you'll find anybody who puts Logan Gregg on their top thirty. I'm, I'm. They're both helium guys for me. I'm probably way too high on both of them, but I'm just going to. I'm going to live on it. I'm going to say that these are my guys, and I'm putting them there. Uh, uh, I would imagine I'm the high man on Greg, but what I saw was impressive. I do think he has a little trouble repeating his delivery. Uh, he does ha- He's quick to the plate, which is really good. He has g- a good arm speed, a uh, 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 quick arm, and everything seems to come from the same spot. There isn't a whole lot of hard contact against him. So I'm anxious to see what the next step is for Logan Gregg. I'm anxious to see if in 2020 the Cardinals put him at Peoria and let him continue to stretch him out as a starter. I'm anxious to see if the Cardinals get aggressive with him and put him in the starting rotation for Palm Beach, which is what I would love to see, which is what I'm hoping for. He's only 21 years old. to be 21 for the majority of the 2020 season. Uh, but Logan Gregg is a big body, 6'5", who needs to put on a little bit more weight, uh, a little bit more muscle mass, who's recovering still from Tommy John, who worked really hard to refine his command, and it showed as a starter, although he overthrows as a reliever. And he's just a really interesting kid that I like a lot that really caught my eye with every inning I watched or every pitch I saw. So that's prospect number 22, right-handed pitcher, uh, Logan Gregg. Prospect number 21 on our list. I'm going to get another cup of coffee, another uh, hit of coffee here. Hold on. little Highlander Gregg from Caldy. Prospect number 21 on our list is, let me, I'm an idiot. Prospect number 21 on our list is catcher. Julio Rodriguez. Now, Julio Rodriguez, he's 22 years old. He's not meant to be confused. You're going to see like another Julio Rodriguez on a lot of top prospect lists. That's a teenage outfielder in the Seattle Mariners uh, uh, farm system. Ignore that. He is that kid is really good. He's going to be a stud. So if you have like dynasty fantasy, you're going to want to jump on Julio Rodriguez if you haven't already. Uh, But the catching version, prospect number 21 on our list, Julio Rodriguez is about as sound of a defensive catcher as you can find at the minor league level. Uh, he just, I would say that he is a refined defensive catcher. Now, he has an average to above arm. It's not a lightning quick arm. It's not a plus plus. But he makes up for his lack of a plus plus arm by being technically sound, by having amazing footwork, uh, by being quick, having a, a fast pop time under two seconds is, is the rumor. Um, it's 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 pretty pretty amazing to watch him technically behind the plate. Uh, he might not have the most most natural set of tools like Ivan Herrera or Dennis Ortega. I did a little comparing him and Dennis Ortega uh, uh, in the write up, but he doesn't have like the natural like tools. But he's a hard worker that gets the most of his tools. He's kind of a a, a, a somber kid. He's not the, the loudest. Uh, he's not like the, the field general type. He's, he's pretty more, he's more of a reserved, uh, type, but the commit, the pitching staffs love him. Uh, and he's a very, very sound technical defensive catcher. I, you know, I, I say in the, the write-up that if he were to maximize his defensive skill, then maybe you do have something more like Martin Maldonado or Martin Maldonado. Uh, of course that's his ultimate ceiling. Like M- Martin Maldonado is a fielding Bible winner. He's a gold glove winner, uh, uh. But he has a potential to be a standout defensively, and that's really good. You know, he's uh, think of him along the lines of, like, Carson Kelly defensively. You know, we didn't see the best of Carson Kelly when he was with the Cardinals. But that's the type of catcher he is, except for instead of having, like, the raw athleticism that Carson Kelly has, and I know that a lot of people don't think Carson Kelly had the raw athleticism, but for a catcher, he did. Uh, Julio Rodriguez makes up for it in, um, like, technically sound preparation, as it were. Uh, At the plate, now he's six foot. He's about 190, although I'm sure every bit of 210 or 215, maybe even 220 pounds. He's kind of a stocky, little pudgy, little fun, little doughy man. I I appreciate that a great deal as a fun little doughy man myself, uh, about the same size as me. Um, He is a good hitter. He's had a lot of success at the minor league level. He was really good for Palm Beach uh, in the Florida State League as a hitter. I want to say he was about a 115 WRC plus, about 15% above league average there. That's a huge positive. Uh, He doesn't have a whole lot of power, uh, but what I will say is that if he's throwing a fastball, Early in a count, especially if he has a one ball count, if you know if he's if he's in a hitter's count and he's throwing a fastball by a lefty, he's going to pull that thing over the left field wall as a right-handed hitter. That's he's ready for it. He's waiting for it. That's where he does most of his over the wall damage. Um, What we've seen is he's capable of going gap to gap. He has a short little swing. He never tries to do too much uh you love that he's a little aggressive of a swinger he walks less than 8% of the time uh that's usually not a good indication moving forward uh but you know as a catcher who can hit and who can hit the gaps and who has power over the left field wall uh especially from fastballs in hitter's counts off of lefties uh he's uh he's really really Interesting as a hitter, and I guess what I'm trying to get at more than anything is he's had success at the minor league minor league level as a hitter. Uh, I worry about what I've seen out of him uh, against righties at the double A level, but he only had like less than 50 plate appearances at double A, so he just hasn't had a proper amount of time to adjust, and uh, we'll see what that looks like moving forward. But what I'm getting at more than anything is I think that he's a type of hitter that if he were catching 45 to 70 games a year, you'd be in good shape. He's a type of catcher that if he had to catch 110 games, you'd feel really good about it. Uh, he is the ultimate, like first tier backup major league catcher type. Uh, Potentially, if he keeps on his current track, he's a smart kid. He's a baseball rat. He gets it. He has a baseball IQ. Uh, it's just how he'll continue to develop as a hitter. Because I worry about hitting against right-handers after what the little bit I saw at Double A. And how he continues to refine behind the plate. It'd be really great if he could find some way of strengthening that arm a little bit. I think that's really my only concern uh, because everything else is technically sound. As I say in the article, this is definitely a major league backup catcher for a couple of years at the very least. You know, this is is somebody more than Tony Cruz. Like, right now, I would say he was every bit as... Right now, he's every bit as good as Tony Cruz was at Tony Cruz's best. uh, But I definitely think he has more in the tank. So, you know... I try to be as realistic with this type of player as possible. I don't think he's a long-term option as like a Yadier replacement. I don't think that he is the kind of guy who you would want to start uh, for six to 10 years. But I do think that his most likely outcome is a guy who starts for a couple seasons, uh, you know, probably not with the Cardinals, but who has the potential to start for a couple of seasons. And then after that can be a very, very serviceable backup for many, many years as long as he stays healthy. Again, I, I, the one thing I didn't touch on is his speed. He is not fast at all. Not faster on the base pass. It's obvious. Uh, but he's very aware of what he can do and when he can do it. And that's the baseball IQ that he has. And those are the skills that our number 21 prospect, 22-year-old catcher Julio Rodriguez bring. This is a great prospect to have in the organization uh, that allows the Cardinals a a certain amount of depth at a position of value that most organizations can't imagine having. Like, you know, just guessing there's probably 15 organizations in baseball that would, Julio Rodriguez would be their best catching prospect. And if you include Andrew Kisner uh, as a prospect, which I don't, he's their third best. So it's really impressive and good for the Cardinals and good for our number 21 prospect, Julio Rodriguez. And that concludes this section of the Dirty 35 podcast uh, prospects 25 through 21. Again, just to recap them, prospect, <laughs> pardon me, prospect number 25, catcher pa- Pedro pajes Patre- uh, prospect number 24, second baseman, utility infielder, Brendan Donovan, prospect number 23, right-handed pitcher, Andre Payante, prospect number 22, right-handed pitcher, Logan Gregg, and prospect number 21, catcher Julio Rodriguez. Uh, Uh, Thank you so much. Here in the next couple days, we'll have uh, the next podcast for you, Prospect 20 through 16. I hope that you're enjoying. You can hit me up at Twitter at KYLER416. You can email me at KYLER416 at yahoo.com. you have any questions, any thoughts, uh, you want to DM me, you can DM me. Do whatever you want to get a hold of me because I love talking about this stuff and I'll I'll gladly answer any questions that you bring to me or, or, or have any conversation that you'd like to have. Uh, if you listen to this, you're part of the resistance. Uh, we appreciate the support. Continue to support Birds on the Black. Uh, Ben Cerruti's putting out his projections. Zach Gifford wrote an article today about Harrison Bader needing to swing. Uh, Alex Chris and Tara Woman do chirps. Stick around. I'm sure that that'll play right after this. If you weren't listening to it before listening to this. Uh, just an incredibly talented group of people. We've got Stu Stiles who do who does the amazing game recaps. We have Enchill doing a little writing, doing some amazing art. And, of course, uh, Cardinal's Gifts, who uh, I honestly would quit if he wasn't involved. So uh, that's all I've got for you. If you listen to this, you're part of the resistance. And as always, family, happy hunting. We'll see you again in a couple days.